Hello everyone and welcome to the official Leeds United podcast with me, Matthew Lewis. Uh, I know you've all been starved of news lately. I am very pleased to tell you that today I'm joined by a perhaps familiar name to some of you, albeit in a shiny new role. So please, without further ado, welcome to the show, the new Leeds United chairman, Parag Marathi. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for having me. It's a long time coming. Excited to finally be here and doing this podcast with you. <laughs> We're very excited to have you. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, it's been an absolute roller coaster of, um, well, I mean, few years, actually, um, but specifically uh, the last few weeks. You've obviously had your hands full getting this takeover uh, over the line. How, how are you feeling now that it's uh, it's done? You know, I'm feeling inspired probably is the best word to use because uh, there's just so much work to do. There's so much work to do to obviously get back up in the Premier League, but more deeper than that and bigger than that, just get this club back to where I think it belongs both on and off the pitch. Um, You know, we want this club to be something that everyone can be proud of, not just players and coaches, but supporters and and sponsors and just everyone associated with global football. it's it's something that uh, is inspiring to me to be able to finally have a chance. Um, and, and really only as a steward, I'm just carrying the torch uh, on behalf of everybody else. So it's just to finally have a chance to be able to try to do that is really inspiring. And I don't, I don't want to go too much into the uh, intricacies of, of business negotiations, but uh, obviously this one, it took a little while. Um, we've been waiting on a, on a few things. Um, can you take us through a little bit of, of, of what this process has been like and, and, and why it took a little bit longer than expected for the last few weeks? Yeah, certainly. In full transparency, we, we had everything done and every box checked um, and ready to do the takeover had we stayed up. Um, and that was going to be a pretty a fairly easy uh, handoff because months and months of work had gone into it at that point uh, to get to that point. Of course, when we got relegated, that opened up a whole new can of worms and us trying to figure out, you know, how we how we do this. Obviously, uh, a different league approval, um, you know, going from the from the uh, PL to the EFL uh, and going through through all of that. And so it just took a little bit of time. Um, and Andrea and I first had to get through our piece. Uh, and that took a little bit of time. And then uh, the rest has been just waiting for some of the formalities. You know, I would say that time, just because the approval time uh, and all of those things uh, have, have taken a little bit longer than we wanted, that doesn't mean that we were slowing the train down for everything we needed to do to get this club ready for that first match. Uh, you know, we went through dozens of interviews of uh, first team managers. We went through dozens of interviews of football people who could help us. Uh, and really feel good about the direction that we're going and, and uh, you know, initiated a number of conversations with players. Um, and so we feel really good. Obviously, uh, the announcement of, of Daniel took a little bit longer than maybe some other clubs, but there was a lot of work that went in behind the scenes before that and prior to that and now during that. Um, so, you know, we're catching up fairly quickly. I mean, obviously the, the fans will be thrilled to know that you guys have been working um, working away in the background. Um, and I'll, I want to talk about that in a little bit. Um, we'll talk about Daniel Farker and, and, and potentially the, the, the squad. Um, but before that, I, I'd, I think there would be a great opportunity to, for, for the fans to, to get to know you, really. Um, you know, you've been at the club now for, for several years um, with the 49ers Enterprises as, as minority shareholders. Um, but you've probably gone under the radar a little bit with, uh, with, with many fans. Can you explain a little bit about who you are and, and, and what's brought you to this point as our, as our new chairman? Yeah, certainly. So, you know, it's been an interesting 
ride the last five or six years. Um, the best way I can describe it is I've just, as I've said in, in, in many other uh, media inquiries, I've been a passenger on the bus or a passenger on the plane. And so I haven't really had my chance at the controls, but I've had a firsthand uh, front seat uh, view of how a football club runs. Uh, and, you know, when it came time for me uh, to apply my knowledge, I have a much better understanding of what I want to do, what I don't want to do. Uh, the similarities and the differences between American sport and European sport uh, and English football. And so I've learned a lot uh, over that time. I think, um, you know, as I've said in a lot of the, a lot of the coach and manager interviews that I've done, I think I'm a little bit different. I think I'm different from uh, maybe your typical uh, chairman and owner. Uh, and I think I'm different for a couple of reasons. Uh, two main reasons, really. Number one, unfortunately for me, I guess, I'm not a fifth-generation multi-billionaire that is doing this uh, for a hobby <laughs> or because you know I want to play fa fantasy football and kill some time. Um, in fact, that's quite the opposite of what I am. You know, I sort of made my way on my own, uh, came up in a very middle-class upbringing, um, and and I love sports. I, I grew up loving sports. I, I ate the sports page for breakfast. I consumed every word uh, every single morning, and I just love it. That's first and foremost who I am. Uh, is I love competition. I love winning. I love uh, putting a putting a uh, team together and being a part of that team to win. Uh, and so you know, and I do this. Um, I've always. Uh, I've always had that uh, chip on my shoulder mentality because I'm, I'm not doing this as a hobby. This is uh, this is life for me. I get butterflies in my stomach uh, the night before matches. Uh, I get uh, I can't sit down. I in fact I hate sitting down uh, at Ellen Road at matches because I just I, I just can't stand. It. I have so much energy, <laughs> kinetic energy, uh, uh, you know, in and about me. But like I just think for me this is not. Um, this is like something that I'm just meant to do because I'm a supporter first. Um, and so that just, that's very different. I think the second thing that differentiates me, I think I have a particular empathy and understanding of everybody's job at the club uh, because I've done all those jobs, right? 23 years at the 49ers wow. uh, coming from a, a, a unpaid intern <laughs> uh, to just cutting my teeth and cutting my teeth in an environment uh, where everybody counted me out, right? Uh, I didn't play American football growing up. Uh, in fact, I played the other football growing up, but I didn't play American football, so I didn't look the part of an NFL executive. And so certainly, uh, and I certainly, you know, the color of my skin doesn't look the part of what an NFL executive should look either. And so 23 years ago, imagine the criticism and skepticism that I got probably for a decade of people saying I don't belong. But that, but I had many of those jobs. I've been uh, the head negotiator. I still am. I've been uh, the president and seat chief exec of a team. I've built a stadium. I've hired coaches. I've been through the troughs and I've been through the peaks of mountains uh, or almost peaks <laughs> of mountains uh, in, in, in sports. And so I've seen it all and I've been through it all. So I have a particular empathy for everybody's job um, that I think is going to serve me well um, in this role because, you know, even just take the football negotiations piece. Yeah, okay, it took a long time for us to get approvals. But, you know, to our supporters at Leeds, like, just know this is this is my lifeblood. This is my wheelhouse. This is what I do. I've negotiated contracts in my sleep. Um, and so at the 49ers for a long time. And so, you know, to jump in and, 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 and help uh, lend a hand with players and agents, yeah, uh, the ball is shaped differently and the sport is different, but the agent game and the yep. player game, it's very much the same. 
Um, and that's what I made a name for myself uh, in American sports. And so uh, a lot of those same things I'm going to be able to apply. And I think that just differentiates me uh, from uh, from any other club's chairman. Well, yeah, I mean, that's really, really interesting. Actually, there's a few things that you alluded to there that I would I would, I would, love to ask you about. I mean, the 49ers website itself does label you as chief contract negotiator and salary cap architect. Um, now, obviously, we don't have a salary cap, um, but there is FFP and, and various other things to consider. Um, and us being in the championship will mean that perhaps we will have to get imaginative with some of our contracts. Uh, is, that, is that something that you're hoping to have a, a hands-on role at Leeds going forward? Yeah, I think so. I think it serves the club well for me too. You know, I want to be careful here because um, part of my ethos and what I'm about uh, is also uh, is also hiring the best possible people and letting them and empowering right. them to do their mm-hmm. jobs. Um, so I definitely don't want to, you know, the best, the best chairmen and owners are ones that don't need to talk too much. And so hopefully this is one of uh, only a few that I do. And because we're kicking out. I think that'll be music to a lot of people's ears, by the way, what you just said. There. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, in my mind, the best chairmen are ones that just uh, lay in the background, lend support where needed, expertise where needed, obviously investment when needed. Um, but let the people do their job and be great at their job. And in fact, if they're not, then find somebody else who is. But yes, I do think, especially now, given this transitional period and given my expertise, um, it's not just that I'm uh, ready to lend, roll up my sleeves and get to work, but I think I have a particular expertise uh, to be able to help do that uh, and navigate uh, PNS and FFP and all of those things. And the truth is uh, we want to do this not just because we're trying to do this balancing act uh, and uh, maintain good finances. But no, we want to be aggressive. We want to get right back up as soon as we can. Uh, we want to do what it takes because to us, uh, the championship hopefully is just a speed bump in our way to a much longer path uh, that we're going on. So we want to be aggressive as we can be, which is probably going to require us being as creative as we can be as well. Yeah, that's really interesting, and and I and I absolutely want to uh, to move on to the, discuss the, the project and, and and the club. My final question, just on on that, and I think you've just kind of answered it, Parag, honestly. But I'm presuming you'll still be very involved with the 49ers uh, back in San Francisco. So, what would you say finally there, just to to people who might have a, a concern that you're spreading yourself too thin? Yeah, I think, like I said uh, a few minutes ago, the most important thing to me is hiring a really uh, quality management team executive staff, football staff, manager, uh, and letting them do their job. If I, if I did a good job at that um, and hired really great people, then my responsibility is simply uh, to help write checks, uh, to lend advice, to do daily phone calls or weekly phone calls and chats and Zooms with, uh, with people. Of course, I'll be there uh, much more frequently. But if I'm doing my job well, uh, then people are just checking in with me and I'm already in tune, in lockstep in the flow of what's going on, not needing to uh, jump in and come and do this or do that. Um, and so hopefully I do my job well, where that's the most important thing for me is hiring the hiring the people who are very good at their job. Amazing. Uh, I'm sure the fans will be, be very thrilled to hear that. Okay, now I want to ask you about Leeds United. Mm-hmm. Where did this all come from? Why why Leeds United was, was the option for 49ers Enterprises? Yeah, you know, we've been asked that question a lot and why not uh, go do this or go do that? And now, you know, if, if Leeds wanted to take a top club, why not go at one of the a Champions League club or something like that? that um i'll tell you the root of it is as is this was shoot almost maybe 10 years ago now when we were looking at all right when we first decided we want to get involved in european football and and kind of surveyed the landscape of what's el- what else is out there 
the the one uncut diamond that was out there that reminded me so much of what the 49ers were when I first started right. was Leeds United. Uh, here was this great club with such historic success and having won championships 40 years ago, again, 30 years ago. And then obviously had fallen on hard times and multiple ownership groups ago uh, uh, through there. The 49ers were not that much different uh, when I started in 2001, uh, had five Super Bowl trophies. Uh, but at the time, we were playing the oldest unrenovated stadium in the NFL. And we were struggling on, uh, you know, on and off the pitch. And you know, we had to do a lot of work to get it back to where it is today, which is you know, reminiscent of, of those glory days. And Leeds United just reminded me of that. And then you add some of the other pieces, which is that it is the only one club town uh, it is the biggest one club town, one of the biggest in all of Europe. And like, there's something special about that where you go to London and, and your neighbor is an Arsenal fan, your doctor is a Chelsea fan, your, your wife might be a Tottenham fan and you're something else like here, Leeds United is everybody's little brother and little sister. Uh, and I guess that's a blessing and a curse because of the profile that comes <laughs> with it, but I love it. Uh, it's like that little brother that inside of the house and inside your household, you're going to pick on them. You're going to poke them. You're going to make fun of them. You're going to criticize them. Outside of the house, if anyone pokes fun of your little brother, you're going to protect them at all costs and do what it takes. Uh, and I love that. And so calling somebody even a supporter is kind of a misnomer. And even calling me a chairman or an owner is a misnomer because we're all the same. I just happen to be the one carrying the torch at the moment. Uh, but there's just something special. There's something much more beautiful that's going to come when we cut this diamond and it becomes one of the brightest in the skies of European football. Were you aware of Leeds United before the Fortnite's Enterprises began searching for a club? Yeah, I was. Uh, remember, I consumed sports right. for uh, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't read a book. I didn't read a book for pleasure until I had to when I got to college. And even then, I used Cliff Notes as long as I could uh, to get by. But the one, the one book or the one thing I read front to back was Sports Page or Sports Almanacs or learning about different leagues. Uh, so I, I just love it. Uh, and so I love the competition. So I'd heard it. Uh, I had obviously known about Leeds. I played uh, football from age five, six growing up through, uh, through college. And so I was always – I loved the sport. Um, so yes, I had. It's a thing that I'm always uh, interested in because I, I live in Florida now, but having grown up in Leeds all you know all my life, um, I'm always uh, interested when I talk to people over here in the United States and. You do get a, a handful of people who have maybe played at college or whatever, and 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 are students of the game, and they all know Leeds United. But there's still there's that yeah. there's that kind of that demographic that that we wanted to hit that were sort of just getting into Premier League, but weren't as well-versed in maybe the history of, of football. And the last three years, obviously, we've started to attract their attention. Is is that a big part of moving forward, what you want to do with Leeds? I mean, not just as a brand, but just as making us a household name in the United States, as well as just in Europe. Yeah, I think that's maybe a byproduct of it, because I think we have a big enough task and a fun enough task and a, and a massive enough task in the UK and in Yorkshire itself. <laughs> there's so much bigger, it's so much bigger that the club can be um, in the UK. And what, there's 2.4 million people in Yorkshire and and uh, Leeds is what, the third largest city in the UK. There's so much opportunity already uh, there. And sure, if, there, if a nice little byproduct is, I get to, I get the opportunity to see uh, folks wearing Tyler Adams jerseys right. around the Bay, Bay Area. That's gonna be fantastic too. That's not the goal though. The goal is to make it as special as it can be in the UK. And it's a, it's a movement. I think we all had a taste. We had a taste those three years that we were in the Premier League and it was fleeting and it sucked. <laughs> and I hated the fact that we uh, didn't get to stay in there. But one thing that it did show me is everyone talks about how 
uh, Leeds belongs in the Premier League uh, because it's a big club and, and all that. And that's true. Uh, but let's all not forget that it, to an equal degree, the Premier League needs Leeds uh, because the Premier call it whatever you want, the way we play, the, his, the history, uh, the tenacity by which we play, uh, which is just different from some other clubs. The Premier League needs us. They know they need us. We, we, we are, yeah, we need to be there and we belong, but they need us too um, because we make the league that much special because just coming back to what I said before is there's something different about Leeds. Uh, it's a combination of a lot of things, but it's not any of these other clubs. And yes, a lot of those clubs have great success, better success than we have had, but we have something that they don't have. Uh, and there's a movement underneath the surface that I can just feel percolating uh, and I want to be a part of that movement. And I can't wait to see what it becomes in 5, 10, 15 years. I want to focus on the future in a moment. Um, and, and we can forget about what's what's come before. Um, but you, you just seem to have really bought into the culture of Leeds United. And you say we and us. And and you've already uh, talked about the hands-on approach you, you enjoy. Um, you've been here for years now, five years. Um, just how difficult has it actually been sort of having to bite your lip at times and, and, and not being able to act on things that maybe you thought um, from this, this deep-rooted passion you clearly have. Um, just how tricky has that been? Um, and, then, and then we'll move on from the past after that. Yeah, no problem. I'm not going to lie to you. It's been very hard. You know, I've not been one to... Uh, I'm a pretty open, honest, direct person. And so I like to say what I mean and mean what I say. Um, and so when I observe something or there's something that I think can be done a little bit better, it was challenging to bite my lip uh, and just, you know, stay in my seat, yeah. so to speak, and watch the plane fly. Um, you know, and obviously there's times here and there where we can add advice, especially on the commercial side as we're looking to do certain things. But for the most part, uh, for the most part, the best way I can describe it was me taking notes. Right. And I have uh, multiple notebooks of notes now of uh, how I would like to do things. That's very, very interesting. And uh, well, on that note, the future. Um, so obviously the biggest decision probably that we, we had to make um, in, in a first team manager, Daniel Farker, happy to get that appointment made? Yeah, really happy. Uh, you know, he's got a quiet uh, confidence about him that is infectious, uh, magnetic, uh, where, you know, you just, you spend enough time with him around the room, you believe whatever he believes, uh, just because of the confidence by which he carries himself. Um, that's, uh, the, you know, that's a qualitative thing. Uh, the quantitative thing is he's been damn successful, yeah. right? He didn't just win the champion championship twice. He dominated mm -hmm. the championship twice. Uh, he knows what it takes. He knows, uh, the grit, uh, he knows uh, the fight. He knows the blood, sweat, and tears it's going to take to get through the uh, to get through the championship. And um, let me be clear: this isn't a short-term thing either. You know, I don't think he had a fair stack, uh, deck of cards when he got back up to the sure. Premier League. His two shots mm -hmm. at it, um, and so that's one thing that we're going to rectify and give him the deck of cards that he needs to be successful once we get back up. Uh, because I think he could be a very, very successful coach ac across Europe. This isn't just, hey, get us through, get us through the championship. Uh, you know, he's he's got a style of play that I think resonates with our supporters, a style of play that I think are the players that we have. It fits the players that we have. Um, you know, he's been known to develop youngsters. And, you know, as you know, we've got a great crop of youngsters uh, at, at the club through the academy as well. Uh, and so there's just – and then, you know, one thing, he's got a great empathy which I appreciate, you know, he's got a great understanding for the feelings of people and how the feelings of people 
not just players, but coaches and staff and ownership and, you know, how that all interacts to, to, to form a good chemistry of a team. Um, and that's one thing that I, that I found really important uh, in American football in a, in a head coach was having that deep empathy and understanding. And I think he's really got that too. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, how it's all going to shape up. Um, one of the things that I've, from the fact that you've come onto the show today to talk to us, one of the things that I'm really interested in is the openness, um, trying to remove <laughs> some of the more clandestine elements of backroom football. What's the interview process like when, you, when you're trying to get a new manager? And obviously the relegation uh, adds a whole new element a new league and, and in terms of the the, the calibre of players you can bring in adds a whole different perspective on that managerial appointment. I mean, yeah. what's that been like for the past few weeks? Yeah, you know, I think Daniel mentioned it a little bit in his, in his uh, media comments the other day that it was kind of a, it was a two-way interview. Uh, and that's a really fair assessment because it wasn't just, okay, here's a club with great history, no doubt. Here's a club that was in the Premier League for three years and just got relegated. Here's a club that we're not exactly sure which players are staying yeah. and which players are going. And oh, by the way, here's a club that we're not exactly uh, done yet with who the owner and chairman's going to be, right? Uh, so there's a lot of questions that uh, that candidates need an- needed answering to as well. And some of it is still fluid. Um, and so it was very much uh, us talking about our vision and me talking about my vision and where we want to, where we are today, but where I think we're going and what steps we are going to invest and take to be able to get there. Um, and then it was obviously hear, hearing from the candidates. And and so I think, you know, I've got a lot of experience with this in, in hiring coaches and general managers at the 49ers, uh, along with our club owner there. And, and I think, um, you know, one of the great lessons I've learned is, is tactically, of course, those things are important. And we had people there in our interview process that were, that were more attuned to the sort of tactical elements of, coaching football. But what I was looking for was much deeper than that, was a little more meta than that. What I was looking for were things like, you know, leadership and empathy and confidence and uh, uh, level of detail, meticulousness, uh, you know, ability to inspire, those type of things that differentiate um, a great leader or a great manager from a good manager. Those are the things that I'm looking for and interviewing for. And and to me, Daniel checked all those boxes. Well, you talked uh, a moment ago about... um obviously supporting him when we get we get promoted but that's that's in the future right now we're we're yep. aware that the championship is our focus and that can only be our focus so what what are the plans and ambitions for the club in in this short term promotion drive and 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 how are you going to are you going to back daniel in this uh, in this window yeah the short term plans is really to put as competitive of a of a squad together on the pitch that we can um, obviously governed by some of the rules of the EFL and what we're able to do and not able to do, but we want to go as strong as possible. And yes, you know, there's the, there's a history of odds with bounce back clubs and things like that, but we also want to double down with having a very high quality squad as well as best we can um, to keep as many guys as we can uh, to be able to be, to bounce back up. So, you know, I want to give him all the resources that he needs um, off the pitch, but also try to maximize the resources that we can keep on the pitch. Are we confident of uh, trying to keep a, a few of our players that had performed well last season? We're trying to. Right. We're doing our best. <laughs> and so um, you mentioned earlier with um, with regard to Levi's Stadium, um, the 49er Stadium, that when you mm-hmm. first got involved with San Francisco, 
they were in a dilapidated uh, ground that needed a lot of work. And now I've been to Levi Stadium. It's a beautiful, state-of-the-art, uh, incredible match day experience. Um, is is the ground something you guys are focused on as well? Yes. Uh, you know, we do. We'll, we'll be talking about it in short order, but we do still want to go forward with the stadium expansion plans. You know, there's been a lot of work behind the scenes over the last eight months on it. Uh, we'll, in, in due time, share more details um, I think the the biggest thing that I'll the, the most important thing that I'll share though is that we don't want to take away from the magic that is Ellen Road. We don't want to take away from uh, there's a particular menacing atmosphere there um, and that that raises the hair on the back of your neck when you go in, whether you're an away fan or a home uh, home supporter. How was that when you first experienced it? I loved it. You know, I forgot I forgot that I was an investor and vice chairman and whatever. I just was it was a fan and I loved it. Um, the only thing I hated was sitting down. Uh, and so it's just like, I just, I just, there's something about that, that you don't want to take away. It is, you know, I guess the only thing I'll say, uh, somewhat tongue in cheek is that a club's stadium is a temple, mm. you know, it is, it is religious. You yeah. don't want to take that away from a team, from its, from its supporters or anything. It's a temple. And so even everything that we want to do, we want to expand the stadium, but we don't want to take away from the authenticity of that temple. You've, uh, obviously mentioned the academy, which is going to play a huge role this this season, no doubt. Um, but Leeds being a real community club, um, I want to just ask a quick question about um, the women's teams. Are, are you still hoping to focus very much on, on on that side of it? Yeah, absolutely. I think the growth in the women's game, uh, or the really big growth in the women's game, is still to come. You know, uh, the the level of talent uh, and the competitiveness of the women's leagues. Uh, is is really tremendous. You know, we've got a good squad. You see what's happening. There's a groundswell happening in the U.S. already with yeah. the NWSL uh, and how popular that has become and where it's going. And I think the same can be said uh, over here. And so, absolutely, both the academy and the women's uh, clubs are very much uh, a part of the fabric of what we want to build. Because, like I said, the movement is all of Leeds. It's not just the first team, uh, men's. It's The movement is everything that this club is about, the essence of all of those things combined. I can only thank you um, for, for coming on uh, today, Parag. Um, I think that that's been incredibly interesting. It's been a real pleasure getting to know you and uh, sort of getting an insight into into your way of, of thinking. Um, I, would, I would just like to ask you one Last question. Do you have anything to say to the fans? You know, we're coming into this new season. It's been a difficult few years. It's a new dawn now in many in many ways. So uh, I would like to give you the floor and say, what would you like to say to all, all the fans? <laughs> That's a good one. I haven't thought about this. So I'm going to just riff here and let's decide later. <laughs> That's what we want. That's what we want. You know, I think it's, I share, I share supporters' passion for this club. I share the excitement. Uh, you know, one of my best moments in all of sports uh, in my in my multiple decades in sports was the year was the moment we got promoted. And even though it was in the middle of COVID, I was running around the streets of my uh, of my neighborhood. You know, made myself uh, I won't say what drink I made, but I made myself a few drinks and we're just <laughs> running around the streets and enjoying enjoying myself. It was just a, it was a it was a beautiful moment. Um, I also share the same frustrations. I share the same frustrations of why did this happen or why didn't we do that or how could we let this happen and you know this happened too soon or we didn't do this, this took too long. I share all those same frustrations. Just know that I come at this with all of my experience to bear 
um, both as a fan and as my with my football and my commercial experience to do the best job that I can to get this club right. And yeah, I'm going to make some mistakes, but I'm also going to get a lot of things right. I'm a supporter first and foremost, and I just happen to be, uh, I think I happen to be a chairman with a little bit more of a different background, and I'm going to apply that background um, and do the best I can to get this club back and make this club a club that we're all proud of, myself included. And yeah, we're going to still be critical and we're still going to be frustrated at times. But uh, more often than not, I'm confident we're going to build something that we're all going to be proud to pass on to our kids and our kids' kids. I thank you so much for your time and for your for your openness. Um, I'm looking very much forward to to this season and uh, and the plans that you that you guys have for it. I will uh, I'll let you get back to what I imagine is a very busy schedule for the new season. So thank you again, Parag. No problem. That is very very kind, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Legion United's new chairman, Parag Marate. Thank you so much. Thank you.